Uh, wonderful thoughts there, the idea with brothers and sisters in Christ, thinking about our life in Him, and this morning I just want you to know that uh, it's wonderful to be around people who are trying to do the things that our Lord wants them to do. Uh, good to see everyone this morning. If you are a guest today, let me especially welcome you and want you to know that you are welcome here, and we're glad that you're a part of our assembly, and come back anytime you have a chance. We're glad that you're here this morning. You know, it's, it is a challenge for us, isn't it? I mean, we're just trying to live like God wants us to live, and, and, and I, you know, I hope you're doing well with that. I, I, at times, I feel like things are going pretty good for me, and times I feel like, wow, I'm, I'm really uh, falling short of where I need to be and who I need to be. I, I assume that uh, my brothers and sisters gathered here this morning kind of go through the, through the same kind of things in your life. Um, but this morning, I'd like to start with an idea of, of, of walking down that path and trying to be what God wants us to be. And yet I find, as I try to do that, that there's a lot of things that get in the way. And this morning, I'd like to uh, you know, spend a little time in talking about things that, that maybe get in my way, and, and hopefully they'll apply to you also, but things that I find that are struggles for me. But also, uh, along with those struggles, I find that God's Word gives me some strength and helps me handle a lot of things that I, that I could get through easier if I would just let God take care of, of so many of those obstacles that get in my path. And so this morning, that's kind of the idea that I'd like to uh, talk about and present this morning as we, brothers and sisters, get together and think about our life uh, trying to serve our Lord. First of all, I'd like to go back one more time to Psalm 119. This is one of those that you could write on your uh, refrigerator in the morning. You get ready to grab your uh, creamer for your coffee. I almost said your milk, but whatever you put in, uh, get out of your refrigerator every morning. You could read this, and it would be one of those things that, that would be a, a kind of a, 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 I don't know, a focus for us, right? would help us to remember, okay, this is my life, this is who I am, this is what I'm trying to do. The psalmist says in 33 to 37, says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the paths of your commandments, for I delight in them. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Now there's what we want to do. Amen? I mean, those are some things that we could say every day and we say, Lord, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to give my life to. This is what I want to focus on this week and this morning. I hope it's one of those things that we all, as we read these words, these are words we want to say to our God. God, we want you to teach us your ways. Help us to remain focused in your ways. Get rid of those things that keep taking our view off of you or our focus off of you and help us to be what you want us to be. And this morning, I'd like to discuss some things that, that maybe get in the way uh, of doing this. We'll just call them obstacles on your path, uh, stuff that gets in the way. It depends on where you're from. Maybe you want to, you know, if you're from uh, Ozark County, it's just, it's just the stuff that gets in the way, right? Here's the stuff that gets in the way. One of the things that I, I just got to tell you, the, the main thing that gets in my way of being what God wants me to be me. I'm the one that gets in the way. I found that for, for the most part, when I'm not what God wants me to be, it's because I'm still, well, I'm still focused on me. I'm still selfish. I'm still all self-absorbed, right? And what I find is the weaknesses or the vulnerabilities that I have, I still have. And they still come on me. And I still am struggling with stuff. Now, I, I do want to, uh, to uh, encourage you, family, this morning by saying that, 
things are different when, when Christ is in your life. Everybody want to agree to that? I mean, th- I mean, it is different because you have the Spirit in you and He's leading and guiding you and, and, and there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of strength and courage that comes from knowing that God is on your side. Okay, and I don't want to take anything away from that. All I'm saying is that uh, for the most part, at least, at least when I think about who I am and trying to serve God, that a lot of these things that make up who I am are still there. And if I'm not careful, I will deny the Spirit's leading in my life. I will not let God take control and move me forward. I will not allow Him to give me strength to be able to handle sinful things that keep coming up in my life. It's not His fault. He's provided all that for me. I'm just saying my weaknesses keep coming up. And, and, they, and they keep happening to me. And so this morning, I don't know about you, but I, I thought the very first thing that comes to my mind is, I've got a problem and I've still got it. I still have those same weaknesses. Now, again, don't get me wrong, I'm not belittling what God has done. Oh, yeah, He's, he's given me the chance to say no, and He's always given me the opportunity to get out of those sinful things. It's me that has chosen to stay there. An obstacle in my path, the biggest one, is me. I'm the biggest obstacle. Luke chapter 8, verse 13 talks about, if you guys remember this particular story that Jesus is telling, he's talking about a sower that's going out and, and sowing seed, all right, and, and a different kind of ground that it lands on. You guys remember that, that parable that he told? Well, this, this is part of that. He says, those on the rock are the ones that receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root, all right? They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. In other words, it's, 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 just, it's just a temporary thing. And, and I keep finding that at least in my life, and maybe yours, that there are certain sinful stuff that keeps coming back into my life. Now, for a time, I can get rid of it, but it keeps coming back. Anybody else have that struggle? In other words, who I am is still who I am. And so, therefore, I need to see that that is a big obstacle in my path, and I need to focus on that particular obstacle. Now, what to do about it? Well, the first thing I need to remember is that I'm not me any longer. Amen? In other words, I'm not, that, that's supposed to be gone. I remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How am I transformed, by the way? I'm, it's really simple. I'm transformed by the... Okay, let's read it again. Here we go. Be transformed by the... Oh, I am different because my mind is different. That's transformed. It's changed. My focus, the things I think about, who I am on the inside, my mind changes. In other words, the stuff that keeps coming up in my life is all about my lack of focus on what it should be focused on. In other words, when I get in the way, Right, when me keeps jumping up and those sinful stuff that I have in my life keeps coming up, normally it's because I have not been focusing on God like I should have. I've not let my mind be where it's supposed to be. I've been thinking about stuff and, and life and people and things. And, and what happens is, is I lose my renewing of my mind. I, I, don't, I don't keep my mind where it's supposed to be. And because of that, here it comes again. All of a sudden, I find myself struggling, and I got these things back in my life again, and I'm thinking, what happened? I know really what happened. I forgot that I, my mind is supposed to be transformed. I think about different things. I focus on different things. And when I do, family, 
when I do, things are so much better. Things are so much more focused. So my life is so different when I'm focused on my Lord. And so this morning, I'd like to encourage you. If you find an obstacle in your path and it's you, okay, could it be that we're not our lives, our thoughts, our focus is not where it's supposed to be? That could be the reason that I keep getting in the way. I've also noticed there's other, other obstacles or things that come up in my life. Now, i got to admit that as I was getting this lesson together, probably everything else that we're going to talk about this morning all hinges on this one. Okay, in, in other words, I keep getting in the way. Well, there's some other stuff that I want to talk about, but it's really still about what I allow to happen. Okay, and, and so, you know, kind of take the rest of these things that I'm going to talk about in that context. Well, we're really talking about things that I let get back into my life. Well, here's another one, all right? And I just put it like this. My family isn't perfect, right? I expect other people to be, and they're not. I don't know why I expect them to be, because I sure aren't. I could have said ain't. I'm not. And I, I don't know why I have that feeling, but, but I've noticed that for the most part, you guys aren't perfect. Now, I know that most of you husbands are looking at your wife saying, well, you are, honey. He's talking to somebody else. That's right. But I'm talking, I've just noticed that we aren't perfect. All of us have little things that, that we don't do right. And I've got to admit to you that, there, and, and, and as I, I, I am with you guys and spend time with you, sometimes I think, wow, I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have had that attitude. I, you know, I, you guys golfing with me, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, there, but there's just times when I, and I've said things, and I think, well, I shouldn't have said that. That was not the right kind of attitude. Well, you guys know why, right? I'm not perfect. I mess it up constantly. And I've noticed that people in general are the same. Now, but because of that, all right, because we're not perfect, and because we expect, I don't know, we expect perfection from others, that when we don't see it, Sometimes another person will act or say something, and it will cause us to all of a sudden, that's a big obstacle in our way. And now there's a big problem between us and God because of what somebody else did. Now, family, logically, that makes no sense. Would you guys agree with that? I mean, it really makes no sense that what, what somebody else did would affect my relationship with God. But it does. I've seen it happen. All right? And so this morning, there's a couple things that I thought about. First of all, though, I, I, need to, I need to go here and read Romans chapter 14, verse 13. All right? And if you guys are looking at the context there, and, and you've looked at this before, then you'll know that uh, one of the things he's talking about here is the idea of, of brothers and sisters getting in the way of each other. Okay, uh, Doing things, saying things, and in this particular case, they've they're, uh, got some religious things that they're doing that are getting in each other's way. And this is what Paul says about that in verse 13. Let us stop passing on judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. And that's interesting wording there because we want to say stumbling block. What does that mean? Well, what it is, is, the, is doing something or saying something that causes another person to, well, if you want to put it this way, have an obstacle in front of them. I mean, you put something in their way that's going to trip them up, that's going to mess them up. And so there's twofold thing that I want to look at this morning when it comes to this idea of my family isn't perfect. The first thing is, is that I need to remember that I'm not perfect and no one is, okay? And so I shouldn't expect perfection from others. And if someone says something or does something to me, I should say they're not perfect 
and they've done something that I, I feel, and a matter of fact, if I'm a brother or sister with them especially, I will go to them and I say, hey, that kind of hurt my feelings. You know what were you saying there? And most of the time, brothers and sisters will say, oh, listen, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. And you guys can work it out, okay? But remember, first thing, all right, is that nobody's perfect. Somebody's going to say something. People are going to do something. Brothers and sisters, we're just people. We're, people tr- we're imperfect people trying to live the perfect life Christ wants us to live. And because of that, there's going to be times where we're going to mess it up. I'm going to say something. I'm going to have a bad attitude. You guys ever have bad days? Everybody has times like I mean, what I'm saying is, is, why do we expect, oh, well, he said that, she said that, she had that attitude. He said, yeah, we all do, all right? But too many times we look at each other and we think, oh, how did they Look what they did. Look what they said. Look at how they acted. Yeah, we all do it, all right? Now, if you're looking at someone and they just seem to have a continual attitude like that or they're all the time trying to hurt someone's feeling, that's when, as a brother or sister, you would go to them and say, listen, I've noticed that and I just want to encourage you. You know, it kind of hurts my feelings. You know, and be kind and polite and to talk about those things. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this. Remember that you can be a stumbling block. You can be an obstacle in someone else's path. Don't let that happen. Try your best not to let that happen. Again, we're not talking about perfection because none of us has that, but I'm just saying try not to be the stumbling block. I mean, watch your attitude. Watch what you say. These people, especially when it comes to brothers and sisters in Christ, these people are so precious. Every person, every soul, every, everybody... That is, your brother and sister is a precious, I mean, gem. They're worth more than you could ever put on them. I'm as far as money-wise, I mean, they're just worth everything. Treat them like that, all right? Remember how precious and special everybody is, and try to treat everyone in that way. I am so glad that that's the way my Lord looked at me. You guys say amen to that? I mean, if he looked at me and said, well, what are you worth, Rick? Mm -hmm. I'd be in a lot of trouble, but he didn't. He saw the worth in me that goes beyond how I act or what I say or maybe what I do, okay? He knew, he, he gave everything for me, all right? I hope I can look at others that way. So, uh, stumbling block, well, my family's not perfect. Yeah, it's not. Don't expect it to be, all right? But you have a perfect Savior. Put your life focused on Him. The next stumbling block I thought about was this idea of Satan doesn't quit. Never, ever, ever. As soon as you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't, what? Fall. Just don't don't worry about it. As soon as you think things are going good, don't worry. Because Satan will make sure that it doesn't go good. That's the way he does. He never quits, all right? We have this idea that, well, I thought this would go away when I gave myself to Christ or when I started to follow him. I thought that all my troubles would be gone. (laughs) Wrong. By the way, Someone look that verse up for me, will you? Someone find, find that concept in the Bible. Follow me and you'll have no problems. Some, someone look that up. Good luck. Because I've looked for it. It's not there. As a matter of fact, what I've noticed is, and you don't have to look very far to find this, just read Jesus' words. Right? They hated them, they're going to hate me, and they're going to hate you. Okay, the point is, God never said, follow me, and your life will be great, and you won't have any problems, and everything will go wonderfully. He never said that. 
He did say, if you follow me, people will be against you. You will have suffer persecution because of that. You will not get along with people. You will be an outcast. He did say that, but he certainly didn't say all your problems are going to be taken care of. We live in a fallen world. Your problems will be taken care of when this life is gone and you get to be with your Lord for all eternity. That he does promise. But while you're here in this fallen world, you will have issues and things and, and health problems and, and natural disasters and etc., etc. Things that happen because we live in this world. Now, I knew when I was getting this lesson together that I, when I got to this point, okay, I was going to start talking about this idea of why do we have this idea that everything is going to be great? i got to say this, though. Our God gives His people something that goes beyond my understanding. It goes beyond my description. That when you have issues and problems in life, a focused child of God, someone who is committed to their Lord, they just, they're just different when they have problems. They handle them different. They act different. I mean, it, it, and I know it's the Spirit of God in them, and I know it's God leading them, but I, I just got to encourage you with the fact that whatever issue that you have come up in life, if God is your focus and you're really living for Him, and I'm not talking about someone who says I'm a Christian, but the rest of the time, I mean, any time, other time you look at them, they don't live like a Christian. But I'm talking about those that are dedicated and committed to their Lord. I've found that when they suffer, sometimes some really tragic things, terrible stuff that happens to them in their life, they handle it so much different. They have such a different attitude. I mean, they get through that, and they, and they can even smile when, I don't, oh boy, if it weren't for Christ, how could they ever smile? And yet they do, and their attitude is peaceful, and it's, it's, it's loving toward others, and how do they do that? Well, the way they do that is because Christ is in their life. That's what changes things. So, even as I got, was getting this lesson together and thinking about this idea of, um, you know, uh, if you want to put it this way, God never promised you a rose garden, okay? Uh, I also got to remind you that He did promise you as you go through those bad times, He does promise you that His Spirit will lead you and He'll be there with you and He'll provide for you a peace that passes understanding. If you let Him, He'll provide for you a peace that passes understanding. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, a very familiar verse. I wanted to remind everyone that Satan, as long as you're on this earth, Satan will not quit your adversary all right be self-controlled in the lord the enemy your enemy he, he, he the devil he, he prowls around like like a, a roaring lion seeking someone to devour that's what you're up against every day don't forget it all right oh i thought it'd be so easy no 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 satan doesn't ever quit it's always going to be rough it's always going to be hard oh rick you make this sound so good well <laughs> i'll sugarcoat it a little bit for you oh it's so what no it's not all right it's a struggle I mean, we're, we are on a battlefield. You guys go along with that? We're on a battlefield. Trying to live for our Lord, and in a place where Satan is king, we're on a battlefield. I, I have never seen someone, uh, what am I talking about? I've never been on a battlefield, period. But as I've read about people that were in battles and that sort of thing, I've never noticed any of them just still sitting up camp saying, you know, this is so wonderful, I think I'll just start living here. This is great. I love this place. No one on a battlefield does that. And yet, somehow we get this idea that that's the way life is supposed to be. We're supposed to be on a battlefield looking at it like, oh, everything's so great, I just love it here. No, we don't love it here. This is not our place. This is not our home. 
So therefore, remember, Satan does not quit. Don't let that be an obstacle. Okay, i got to move on. And this is kind of an interesting thought that I, I just, I don't know. I, when I say interesting, what I'm talking about is it came to my mind. I thought, why am I thinking about that? Well, one of the obstacles that I've noticed, and this is, I'm just uh, throwing this out there because there may be someone, brother and sister, family here gathered here this morning that, that are, that are kind of dealing with this idea of, of what happened? I thought that when I became a Christian, I, that there would be a lot of, a lot of blessings. And what I, I, maybe it's because of you can turn on your television and listen to some guy that will be talking about, uh, you know, you give, give to God and God will give to you. And whatever you give, he'll give you back. I don't know what fraction they use. Ten times oh, whatever you gave to him, okay? Here's the thing. The Bible never says that, all right? Now, I, I, don't get me wrong. The Bible does say, it, it, it does say that it takes care of you. Matter of fact, our God is very clear. Even when Jesus was on this earth in Matthew chapter 6, I mean, there, were, there was a struggle there with the idea of things, and I, I'm worrying about it, and I want to have this, and I've got to have this money, and I've got to take care of myself. And Jesus says, you know, if you'll seek God first and His righteousness, all right? If you'll seek His kingdom first and His righteousness, He'll provide for you, and I'm going to paraphrase because I'm not going to quote it exactly. He'll provide for you shelter, clothing, and food. Everything you need will be provided for you. Okay. Now, our God does promise that. But sometimes we get this idea that, well, if I follow God, I'm going to be blessed. And what i got to remind everyone is that misinterpreting prosperity as God's stamp of approval. Just because you have money doesn't mean God looks at you and you're doing great. As a matter of fact, it could be the opposite of that. Sometimes we say blessings, what we're talking about is money, things. Oh, God has really blessed them. What they mean by that is, is that God has given them a lot of stuff. Listen, if you want to take someone away from God, all you got to do is give them a lot of stuff. What? No, I'm serious. Jesus said that, right? It is harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for the camel to go through an eye of a needle. In other words, it's very difficult for people with a lot of stuff to follow God. Matter of fact, the disciples said, well, then nobody can be saved. Everybody's rich. Well, I'm putting that part in there. Everybody has all that they... Yeah, it's tough. Now, of course, Jesus answers that question and says, well, yeah, if you were trying to do it on your own, you can never do it. But with God, all things are possible. But the idea is prosperity, having stuff, that does not mean. Here, listen to me. I hate it when somebody says that to me. Listen to me. I guess I could do it like that. Uh, I did it to my kids, and they didn't, But so I'll, I'll try something different. Uh, but here's the thing about it, okay, is that if we have this idea that if we get stuff, then we're somehow approved of by God, okay? If that's our idea, then what if I don't have any stuff? What if I never get any things? Matter of fact, what if I struggle financially for the rest of my life and never have any good stuff? Is God not blessing me? I mean, sometimes God is blessed because they have a lot of stuff. Here's the thing about God's blessing, all right? God's blessings upon you I mean, if, just think about it logically. A loving Christian family, people around you that care about you and would give their life for you. 
I mean, if you want to talk about true blessings, things that really matter, if you had nothing but you had a peace that passes all understanding that God gives, I mean, what more could you want? I mean, that's, in other words, let's focus on what truly a blessing is. It is certainly not prosperity, all right? Not prosperity. I don't care what the preachers on television tell you. <laughs> God has never said, oh, follow me and I'll give you so much stuff, right? You'll just have things and wonderful and everything will just be great. Now, he does say that you follow him and he'll take care of you. And there are even times when he talks about this idea of, I'll multiply you, I'll make you bigger, I'll make you better. But the idea is, focus on God, give him your life. That's where the true blessings really come from. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. Here's one that you can remember when you start thinking about the idea of blessings. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out of it. All right. Having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. If I have it, if I have food, if I have clothes, I'll be content with that. They're the rich, they fall into temptation and a snare, and in many foolish and hurtful lusts which draw men into destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, or sought after those things, they have erred from the faith, have left the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I've seen that. You guys ever see that? People chasing after money, you see how miserable that is? It's a miserable life if that's your focus. If you have a lot of stuff and you're focused on God, what He's done, then wonderful. That's great. Glad you do. If you don't have anything and you're focused on God and He's, he's your life, then that's great. That's wonderful. That's terrific. If you have a lot of stuff and you're not focused on God, that is a miserable, miserable life. This morning, let's not let that be an obstacle in our way. All right. I'm preached too long. My computer went to sleep. And everybody else. No, don't say that. Right. I don't. Okay, there we go. All right. All right. Let's close up with a verse. I want to remind everybody, of course, you've read it since you were a child. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body or in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. My life is no longer mine, at all His now. It is no longer me that lives, it is Christ that lives in me. We want that, amen? amen? And so this morning, I'd like for us to sit back as we've gathered here as Christians this morning to focus on who we are and what we're trying to do, all right? And maybe this morning we talked about some obstacles and things that are maybe in your way, and there may be some other things that have come to your mind, well, what's the biggest obstacle? What's the thing that's in your way? What's the thing that's keeping you from being this person who says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me? What is it that's staying there that's keeping you from saying these words? This morning, whatever the obstacle is, let's get past that. Let's get over that. Let's let Christ be the center of our life. This morning, I encourage all family, let's make sure it's no longer I, but it's Christ that lives in me. Let him live in all of us. So, we close up our time this morning. If you're not God's child and you decided, oh no, I'm not living for me any longer. I'm living for my Lord.